Welcome in A to Z Sports Primetime on a Monday night. I'm your host, Buck Rising. Not that thing, but me. And I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by our friends at Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford is where you go for quality American-made Ford vehicles since 1983. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. The Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage the official real estate agent of the Nashville Predators and of A to Z Sports Primetime is GaryAshton.com. Get your dream address without the stress, courtesy of the Ashton team. Gator Hater says Buck looks 240 in that cartoon. I, it's, it, is, it is so offensive. <laughs> it's beyond offensive. I am going to, uh, Josh says A to Z wants you. To be more animated, Buck. I hate all of these jokes. I'm not happy about any of this at all. But we're going to have a great show anyway, and I'm happy to have you guys as a part of this, including that ugly, ugly cartoon. Looks about 240 in that cartoon. Well, you know, I mean, that's honestly way too... I'm probably ballpark like 234 right now, so I'm not that far off. Derek says, dog, you stuck with that. Oh, no. let, Let me assure you of one thing, Derek. That by the time by the time we come back tomorrow, that thing will be. I hope you enjoyed it now. I hope you got your laughs in now because that is the last time we will see that godforsaken cartoon. All right, very good. Let's start the show. So Titans OTAs begin tomorrow. I'm going to be out on the practice field at 9 a.m. before the radio show starts. There's a lot of uh, a lot of interesting things to look at and to discuss that are going to come out of Titans OTAs phase three officially underway and the Titans were on the practice field today but it was closed to media so in all of these different things you know now that we're going to start seeing the rookies mixed in with the vets I don't know how many of for example the starting offense or the starting defense is going to be in attendance this week because it is still voluntary but at this point I'm looking at a couple of different elements of this Titans offense that I think are, we're going to start to see the critical development phases of starting tomorrow on the practice field. And so I want to start with your Two Rivers Ford take here on a Monday evening. If you would be so kind, please let me know in the comment section on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch, who do you believe is the biggest Titans wild card on offense? Let me know. In the comment section, we will discuss at length together. And while you do that, I will tell you about the people who make the Two Rivers Ford take possible. That is, of course, Two Rivers Ford. Two Rivers Ford has the Built for You program. That's where you go for the best in the business for your custom-ordered new Ford. You can get any new Ford vehicle, any color with any customizable accessories that you like. You can get That car built for you, and Two Rivers Ford will build that car for you and deliver it right to your door. It's the Two Rivers Ford Built for You program, and if you are not necessarily in the market for a new vehicle, you can get one of their certified pre-owned vehicles at Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. So, taking a look at the offense, we're talking about at least minimum five new starters on that side of the ball. Uh, a left guard, a right tackle, two new wide receivers in all likelihood, and a new starting tight end just to start the year, right? It's the same kind of turnover, a similar kind of turnover 
as the Tennessee Titans had on defense after the 2020 season, and you saw what benefit that was to them. Now, I don't anticipate that you're going to see that same kind of that same kind of rejuvenation on the offensive side of the ball as we saw on the defense from 2020 to 2021, and it will start slower out of the gate. You can rest assured on that. But there are a couple of different things that we have spent so much time talking around that I think it is time to legitimately lock in and consider what may already be on the roster. Now, I've asked you for their biggest wild card on offense. I see a couple people nominating defensive players. Let's stick to that side of the ball. Because to be honest with you, there's not many wild cards on defense. Caleb Farley is the only, is the closest that you would come, right? Is the is the one place that you would look and say, "Okay, I have zero idea what to expect from the Titans on the outside corner, at least one outside corner." at this point, because you have no idea how soon Caleb Farley is going to be ready and whether he is going to be a week one starter. That process begins, well, it begun today in earnest, but we won't get to see the benefits of that until tomorrow. So let's keep it locked on offense right now. Michael Wagner says Hassan Haskins, the new rookie running back, who Greg Cosell and I spent a good deal of time discussing today, the fourth round pick out of Michigan. Christine is going coaching. Uh, she is saying that Tim Kelly would be the place that she would look as the as a wild card on offense, and I think that's a fair nominee. I think that when you look at what Tim Kelly's background is, I think when you look at who Tim Kelly worked under prior to uh, last year, which was oh, I'm blanking on the uh, on the one year Texans coach. I'm blanking on his name, but Bill O'Brien is who. Tim Kelly spent the majority of his career working under. And when you look at the different kind of elements that an offense like that can bring, those are the different kind of ideas that Mike Vrabel and his staff are hoping will be infused into what they already do. Tim Kelly's a good wild card because I think there's going to be some elements. I think in a perfect world, you would see more creative elements in the passing game that Tim Kelly has done so well to, uh, to manufacture offense under, even in less-than-ideal quarterback situations. Now, he did have Deshaun Watson for a couple of years, and they did do great things together, but great things statistically together, it should be noted. They didn't do any real winning of consequence. But I think, um, uh, I think when you look at a couple of different things, the one thing that kind of pops into my head that we haven't talked about at all, and I, I guess I was we were in the middle of the radio show talking about this today, and it just popped in my head, my God, we haven't talked at all, at all. And, you know, there's reasons why we haven't talked about him at all. But we haven't talked at all about Des Fitzpatrick. And the thing with Des Fitzpatrick at this point that kind of catches your attention is, yeah, if he has anything to him at all, this would be the time to show it because there's going to be ample opportunities on the field right now. My charge to Keith and everybody that's going to help him. Frank Perano, Brian Bell, that, that's all our job, and then most especially Dylan. And so he's going to have every opportunity to start, but if you're asking me that today, no. I mean, he, he stepped in, ready to go. The stage wasn't too big for him. We've had conversations with Dylan, uh, excited to work with him. It's going to be a huge offseason for him uh, developmentally, uh, and, and I'm confident that he will take uh, that coaching and teaching and improve.
Okay, that's my mistake. I thought that clip was about Des Fitzpatrick. Mike Vrabel clearly talking about Dylan Raidens there, which is another wild card in this offense. We have no idea how to project Dylan Raidens really at this point, other than we know he can play tackle and he's worked some at guard. But Des Fitzpatrick is the name that really comes to my mind at this point. And I think as you look at this, um, you have you have so little expectations. They're non-existent for Des Fitzpatrick, which is pretty bad for a fourth-round pick coming into his second year, a fourth-round pick that they traded up for, most importantly. But I think in a perfect world, you would get at least some kind of meaningful development and contributions from him on the field because that would very much affect whether you are actually going to explore the veteran wide receiver market right now. Now, it's not good. It's really not promising out there. And we'll talk about the wide receiver depth on the Titans here in just a second. But Des Fitzpatrick had only five catches in his rookie year, 49 yards, did have a touchdown um, against, just out of curiosity, I can't remember who that touchdown came against. I'm looking, uh, I'm taking a look right now at the game logs. For Des Fitzpatrick, it looked like he did play in a couple of games because of injuries this year. And for Des Fitzpatrick, that is not being made uh, that is not being made readily available to me by Pro Football uh, Reference. Who that touchdown catch came against? But still, uh, very limited work for Des Fitzpatrick. Not a lot of things that impressed really uh, the coaching staff. Most of, most importantly, the coaching staff is where. He needs to make the biggest strides because we saw what a struggle it was for him to get on the field. He didn't make the active roster. Oh, that touchdown, um, that touchdown for Des Fitzpatrick came against, oh, in the loss to the Houston Texans where he did have to start because they did have a substantial amount of injuries at that point in time. The game where Ryan Tannehill threw four picks and one of them, by the way, caused by at least one of them, by the way, caused by Des Fitzpatrick because Des Fitzpatrick didn't understand the routes that he was supposed to run. Uh, Max asks, did Des and uh, Ryan Tannehill do some offseason work? You know, I know that Tannehill had a picture with a couple of wide receivers uh, as to to indicate that he had been throwing with some guys in the offseason, I think down in South Florida. I don't recall off the top of my head, Max, whether Des Fitzpatrick was in that picture or not. I would have to go search that for you. But it's a fair question. And listen, any time that they can get together would be meaningful because it is something that you are really going to have to see. I mean, either either he steps up or he ends up the next Darrington Evans where he's just another wasted mid-round pick in a position where you really can't afford to be wasting that kind of draft capital right now. Des will show, says Chris Frazier. And may- maybe so. Maybe so. We have no idea. But I think the expectation for him is so low that we're not even discussing him. And I think that's what makes him a wild card at this point. Uh, Royal Wright says there was talk. It was December and uh, and IWI in the South Flat. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what any of that means, Roy. Perhaps you uh, were using talk to type um, odd that I would suge- select that message when it's clearly a bit of gibberish there in the comment section. It's okay, Roy. I know that you're competent. I know that you'll come back and correct your, uh, correct your uh, whatever the hell that was. Uh, it was Des Fitzpatrick and Mason Kinsey throwing with Tannehill, says Melba. So, okay, good, good, 
just at least there's some kind of interest there from Des because uh, Des and NWI in South Florida, Des NWI and Mason Kinsey. I know Mason Kinsey was down there as well. So good. I mean, a good sign at least of something, right? He's a wild card. We have no idea what to make of him. We have no idea how it's going to pan out. But what we do know, what we do know at this point is that there's nowhere to go but up for Des Fitzpatrick. And that comes at a critical time for the Tennessee Titans who need um, some considerable help at that position. David Dandy brings up uh, Racy McMath as a six-round pick last year and says, still think Racy has the most possibility. I think uh, potential is kind of a thing that, you know, attracts the eye uh, about uh, about Racy. He's, he's big. Uh, he's got some really freakish athletic uh, athleticism to him. And, you know, AJ Brown made some headlines, I think last year during training camp where he said, you know, I hate, I don't want to say this out loud, but he kind of reminds me of a young Julio Jones, which we all stood around and said, what, what the hell are you talking about, buddy? And then, you know, that, that never really materialized. Now, neither did Julio Jones in, uh, 2021 with the Tennessee Titans. So maybe there was a different kind of meaning that we didn't necessarily get. Uh, but Brent Wood says grasping at straws, LOL. It's possible, right? It's entirely possible that this is that this is just nonsense. That a sixth round pick and a fourth a fourth round pick who they traded up for and didn't even make the active roster last year at a training camp, it may well be grasping at straws. But their successes, uh, Brent, or their failures will determine how active the Titans are in the post draft free agency when your options are Will Fuller. Or, you know, I mean, Julio is still out there, Deshaun Jackson, like it's not a lot of good stuff at this point that would make you feel better about your wide receiver position. But I think ultimately there's a couple of different, uh, there's a couple of different things that I think, um, that I think kind of make it intriguing. Now, like I said, they have nowhere to go, but up, but at this point, uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a it's a bad starting position that they are coming from. Um, is Des a slot, says Xavier Cohen? No, not necessarily. I mean, he can play. I think in a perfect world, they would like him to play multiple positions and to learn the slot would be a good thing. But no, Des, Des, is, uh, Des reminds me of a little bit. I mean, he's not, he, he ran faster than Tajay, but he has a similar build to Tajay. He's not as thick. He's not, I mean, he's been, He's not been in an NFL conditioning program as long as NWI has, so he's not got uh, as much, you know, uh, physical stature to him, or at least the last time I saw Des, perhaps that's changed. But let's talk about the the wide receiver room at this point. On a scale of 1 to 10, How what is your level of confidence in the current Titans' depth at wide receiver? Let me know in the comment section on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and on Twitch. We will talk about it together here on the Primetime Show. What is your level of confidence on a scale of 1 to 10 about the Titans wide receivers? Uh, while you let me know, I'll tell you about the person who I have the utmost confidence in. That's the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage at GaryAshton.com. That's where you go for your dream address without the stress or to sell for more with the Intel Edge that only the Ashton team can provide you. Gary Ashton is the place that you go for the Intel Edge that allows you to sell your home without any showings or staging that helps you capitalize on the red-hot real estate market and help you find your home while you're in the middle of selling your current one and helps you win the buyer battle and cash in 
on your home equity now. Gary Ashton, the official real estate agent of the Nashville Predators and of A to Z Sports Primetime. GaryAshton.com, the best in the business, your dream address without the stress, courtesy of the Ashton team. So, scale of 1 to 10, what is your confidence in the Titans wide receiver group at this point? 7.5, says Austin. That's probably going to be one of the higher marks that we see. He says, I think our wide receivers will uh, surprise some folks. And it's possible, right? I think that Robert Woods is a known commodity in the league, but he's he's not a factor right now because he's still working his way back from the ACL recovery. Now, I know that he, I was at the Titans Foundation dinner when he spoke. Um, I guess that was Wednesday of last week. And he said that he was making good progress, that uh, he felt like things were on track for the ACL. We have no idea when he's going to be medically cleared, but it does seem like it's progressing the way that you would want it to progress. And I think that when you, uh, I think that when you look at the rest of it, Traylon Burks is probably not going to be AJ Brown in year one. I don't think that's a reasonable expectation. Kyle Phillips, I think, is probably going to be your starting slot guy, uh, if as provided that you know that the health holds up. And I think that Kyle Phillips is going to be a nice addition to this football team. But beyond that, when you look at NWI, who was good depth for them, and it will certainly be a good player, he's a much better player if he's your fourth wide receiver as opposed to your starting one or two. I think NWI is your four. You feel pretty good about that group. Looking at Des Fitzpatrick, Racing McMath, and Mason Kinsey after that, and Josh Malone, who's still on this roster and has played um, a couple of seasons at this point for a couple of different teams. The former Tennessee Volunteer is obviously a local product. If you uh, if you're here in Nashville, Josh Malone, who's on the Titans roster right now, and will be a bit of a curiosity out there whether he can provide some kind of depth for them in a meaningful way, even if it's just in kind of a. I mean, Chester Rogers played a, a considerable amount of snaps last year for them. Now, part of that was because of injury. I don't think Chester was ever meant. Chester was probably going to be their starting slot guy, but I think ended up getting a bigger role than he may have bargained for. And Chester was a fine player, but I think that in a perfect world, you're looking for somebody to be in that role with a, a few less snaps and just for a, a, a less a lesser need for the guy who's third or fourth on your wide receiver depth chart. You're hoping for better health out of your one and two than you got out of A.J. Brown and Julio Jones last year but looking at that that wide receiver group at this point I think you can't you can't feel overwhelmingly good at it uh, about it just on paper so I would probably say I would probably say a I think a four is reasonable uh, on a scale of one to ten what's your confidence level in the Titans wide receiving core I would say I'm I'm probably about a four I know that Robert Woods is probably going to take a little while once he's on the field to Get up and running. I think that, you know, whatever people made of Traylon Burke's first day out on the practice field, I don't really care about that right now. I don't care about that on May the 23rd. If it becomes a if it becomes a an ongoing issue, you know, we'll obviously continue to document those things in ways that are uh, in ways that are, you know, able to be reported on and, and you can see kind of development or progress or lack thereof, whatever. But like Traylon Burks, I don't think uh I don't think is any kind of is any kind of uh, is any kind of I don't think it's a, I don't think it's going to be a hindrance all year long, right? He played in the SEC last year. I fully expect him to you know figure out his allergy situation. Hopefully, if that was indeed what was causing him uh, some kind of respiratory issues, and if it's a conditioning thing, well, they've got some time 
to work that out. But I'd probably say a four at this point at the uh, at the wide receiver spot. Uh, Mark Jones says you are about a four. Yes, I understand, Mark. You can be a blind homer if you want, and you can wish for all of your hopes and dreams to come true. But until I see it, you know, proven on the field, the only proven player on the field. Um, out of this group is uh, is Robert Woods, the only meaningful uh, proven player on the field. Like you can run into battle with Nick Westbrook-Akina as your two, and then you can have a Jets game, right? Where it's you and Nick Westbrook-Akina and Josh Reynolds, and you're taking on the mighty, mighty, mighty New York Jets, who I believe were winless when the Titans went to New York and played them and lost in spectacular fashion. Um, I'm not saying that Nick hasn't done so well for himself to develop and to make legitimate strides as an NFL player. I also think that if he's your two, bang, right? Um, now, I I think that he may be the two for, you know, however long it takes to get Traylon Burks up to speed. I think that Traylon Burks will have a, a large feature in this offense, will have a large role in this offense. But, you know, I want to be I want to be realistic for him at this point. Uh, Ruben Granado says four. What the hell? I mean, what, what do you, you guys think a lot of your wide receiver core right now? I mean, respectfully, uh, why R- truly I I'm, I'm curious. I, and I don't mean, you know, I don't mean that to be dismissive. I'm, I'm legitimately curious where this, where this sense of, um, inherent confidence. I mean, four is, is low, is, is low on a scale of one to 10. I completely understand that. But like, if you are if you are beating your chest and saying these Titans wide receivers are going to prove the world wrong, what what are you what is what is the evidence of that? Other than Robert Woods is a stud across his career, but he's also coming off an ACL tear, and you saw how hard that was for Taylor Lewan and Bud Dupree and many other players who have dealt with ACLs. You you can finish the year strong. I think I think it will be substantially better by you know December rather than we sit here as we sit here on May the twenty third. Um, but I, if you're asking me today on May the 23rd, what my confidence level is in the wide receiver core, I would say probably a four, uh, I think. And we'll see what what developments come about. Uh, Steve Roberts says laundry. I think he means Landry. Uh, uh, Jarvis Landry is a New Orleans Saint at this point. He is not available. Uh, no longer on the uh, no longer on the free agent market. The best option probably for you is Will Fuller. And I don't know what kind of money Will Fuller wants. I know he got a decent uh, salary from the Dolphins last year, but did not play a whole bunch. Yogi says, Buck is a Titan hater. Yes, that's right. You found me out. No, I just, I don't, I, I don't, I don't see at much beyond Woods as a proven commodity in the NFL. In fact, there's not much beyond Woods that's a proven commodity in the NFL. It's just kind of patched together pieces and parts. And you hope to God that it shows you something that you maybe weren't expecting or, in the case of Des Fitzpatrick, you see that legitimate development that made John Robinson believe in him as a fourth-round pick. We have yet to see it. It doesn't mean it can't happen. This could be, this could be completely asinine by the time you know, even by the time training camp rolls around uh, in August, as we get through preseason and things like that. But yeah, I think if uh, I think if you're looking at a, I think if you're looking at a lot of things to be confident about, I think the wide receiver core is probably low. Uh, considerably low on this list until such time as we see evidence to the contrary. But if you feel good about it, good on you. I'm not here to I'm not here to tell you, you know, how you should think about it. I'm just looking at it from my perspective as somebody whose job it is to to cover these things. And yeah, I'm looking at that saying, okay, show me something. But until then, meh. Like I don't I'm, there's not there's not much there yet. Not much there initially. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how things go. 
All right, I saw something funny uh, revolving around Blaine Gabbert today that made me laugh. Blaine Gabbert is a Titan, and I think that we need to talk about this. So I think that the question that I would like to ask you here on A to Z Sports Prime Time uh, is this. When you hear the name Blaine Gabbert, what is the first thing that comes to mind? Now, this was something that, I, as a Titan fan, now, not all of you are Titans fans, but I imagine if you're still here, uh, that you are uh, that you are a Titans fan. What is the first thing that comes to mind when you hear the name Blaine Gabbert? Let me know on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and on Twitch. We will discuss it at length together. Uh, a quick reminder, though, before we get to some of your answers on this, that if you are on the YouTube channel, please like the video as we sit here. Make sure you like the video, whether you've uh, whether you do it on your way out when we wrap up, or you've done it on the way in, or you haven't done it yet, but you're watching live. Do us a courtesy and like the video on YouTube. It helps the show grow, and we're really looking. Uh, we're really happy with the growth that we've seen on YouTube in particular. I don't know if there's an option to like the video on Twitch, but if there is, go ahead and do that. I don't know how to do that. I don't know if that's a thing. I don't know if I'm completely misdirecting you, but do that on uh, on YouTube and if it's available on Twitch and on Facebook too. If you haven't already shared the show, but we've got a much bigger Facebook audience. The Facebook numbers are always strong, and YouTube is getting there. YouTube has grown, grown considerably over the past couple of years. But yeah, throw us a like on YouTube and uh, we'll be grateful to you for that. So what's the first thing that comes to mind when you hear the name Blaine Gabbert? Blake Flesher says, watch daddy spin this shit or something to that effect. That's right. That's <laughs> uh, you, Do you know, uh, so I'm trying to think. Matt Castle was the backup when I first started covering the team. And there was, you know, there was a weird Brandon Weed in there. Uh, Brandon Whedon year. I think that might've been Rabel's first year in 2018. There was a couple of, there was an Austin Davis situation. Um, I've seen a couple of different backup quarterbacks before Logan Woodside kind of took over that spot in trench. But then there was, then there was Blaine Gabbert, Blaine Gabbert for a season that was really interesting because Blaine had to play more than you would like Blaine Gabbard to play. He had to play earlier than you would like for him to play. He had to uh, finish a couple of games that Mark Mar Marcus Mariota wasn't able to, uh, wasn't able to finish. He had to start week two, for example, in 2018, when Mariota had that ulnar nerve injury that made him not be able to feel the, uh, I think it was the, the ring finger and his pinky on his throwing hand, which of course caused a significant lack of velocity on his passes. So Blaine Gabbert did play a considerable amount of, of snaps for the Titans while he was here. But the first thing that comes to mind when I think of him, Z Dean says, uh, still think of him at Missouri, which is pretty interesting where he was, uh, where he was a top 10 draft pick out of Daniel Craig says great hair. Also true. Blaine has tremendous flow really does uh, spectacular hair. All listen, Blaine Gabbert is one of the most enjoyable guys that I ever, um, that I would chop it up with in the locker room because, you know, I mean, there's only so many times that people were seeking out Blaine to talk and Blaine's locker is right over there by Brett Kern. And I, or was while it was uh, under the current locker uh, locker room situation. I haven't seen it in three years because of COVID. So I don't know whether the backup quarterback spot is still right next to the special teams players. But I was always, uh, when I first started out, Kern was somebody who I talked to a lot because I was still getting to know players still, kind of feeling my way out in the locker room and Brett was always easy to talk to. So every once in a while, I'd chop it up a little bit with Blaine and I, you know, he'd, uh, he was worse. He 
did not like being on camera because he always liked to throw a lip in when he was talking to you. But if you did it without him on camera, he was great. Now, the football part of it, Blaine obviously has had some struggles. He's he's a Super Bowl champion to his credit. He's got a ring as the backup to Tom Brady over the course of the last uh, two seasons and uh, and certainly has done well to prolong his NFL career in multiple spots after being a top 10 pick by the Jags. Um, he was in Arizona. He was with the 49ers for a hot second, came here obviously to Tennessee. He's had a couple of different spots and to Blaine's credit, um, has done well for himself, creating a career, if not on the field necessarily success. But the first thing that comes to mind when I think of Blaine Gabbert is this, this is something that I saw on the no context Twitter account today, the no context Titans Twitter account today. And it made me laugh out loud because I remember, I remember this game. I remember this game as being one of the biggest news days of my life. It was the first time that I had done uh, a pregame show on a Titans game day. They had sent me to, I think it was underground on lower Broadway, do my first live show. It was in front of an audience. They looked uh, pissed to see me there because it was way, way early in the day before Week 17, win and in, Titans versus Colts on Sunday night football. And I remember sitting there, walking into walking into Underground, this cool, this badass setup that they had for me on the stage at Underground. I was so excited. I was going to get to do a live radio show in front of a live audience. This had never happened to me before in my career. And then I looked down at my phone, and Chris Mortensen has a report about Marcus Mariota not being available, being a scratch for the upcoming win and in play-in game between Andrew Luck's Colts and Mike Vrabel's 2018 Tennessee Titans. I'm telling you, this was catastrophic. Catastrophic by any sense of the imagination. This was the most hype that there had been around a home game at Nissan Stadium in several years. This was the opportunity for Mike Vrabel to advance beyond 9-7 and to show that the Titans were more than that and to kind of really, uh, in year one, really prove that they were were, on the right direction even though their season had started in such a catastrophic way. This was a massive, massive news day because Marcus Mariota scratched from that game the morning of, and all of a sudden Blaine Gabbert was starting with the Titans playoff hopes on the line against the Colts who had an undefeated record uh, with Andrew Luck at quarterback against the Tennessee Titans at home in what was the closest thing to like a major primetime game crowd that Nissan Stadium had seen in quite some time. And it all came crashing down because Blaine threw a knuckleball into the belly of a linebacker and Jayon Brown single-handedly tried to win that game. It was uh, it was catastrophic. And it's not Blaine's fault. That's the first thing I do with Ward Association when I hear his name. Yeah, the most, that promo picture on Sunday Night Football. Blaine, Derrick Henry, T.Y. Hilton, and then quarterback Andrew Locke um, staring each other down on television and hell broke loose. They, they stayed in that game far longer than they should have because Jayon 
Jay, Jan, I think, almost have a pick six. He certainly had an interception. I think he might have he almost come up with two. I think Jayon made a couple of big plays in that game to try and will the Titans to the playoffs on defense. But damn, um, a really, really tough scene at this point. All right, that's going to do it for us tonight on the Primetime Show. Hope you guys have a great rest of your evening. Radio show, a uh, lot of coverage from Titans practice. I'll be out there before the show starts. Nicholas petit Frere, the uh, Nicholas petit Frere, the Titans third-round pick at offensive tackle. He's going to be on the show, and we'll uh, enjoy the conversation with NPF. Radio show starts at 10, primetime tomorrow today. Rest of your evening, and I will see you at some point tomorrow.